AFF on Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast is boarding. Step on board for the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. Your captain, Matt Graham, now invites you to sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. G'day and welcome to episode 98 of AFF On Air. It's the 26th of November 2022. Coming up in this episode, what's going on with award availability? If you want to redeem your frequent flyer points to book an overseas trip, where should you look for seats? I'll have a chat about this with James Green, my colleague at Award Flight Assist. But first, let's start with a roundup of the latest Australian airline travel and loyalty program news from the past fortnight. And firstly, Qantas will upgrade its Sydney to Bali flight from a Boeing 737 to an Airbus A330 over the summer holidays up until the end of January. It's a welcome upgrade for business class passengers who will now get a live flat bed instead of a recliner seat, and that'll be especially appreciated on the overnight return flight. And for economy class passengers, it'll also just be a bit of a more spacious experience. And there'll be more seats to go around, especially in business class, where the number of seats will increase from 12 to 28 per per flight, meaning a higher chance of getting an upgrade. It comes, though, as Jetstar has been downgaging some of its flights between Melbourne and Denbasar, from Boeing 787s to Airbus A321 long-range aircraft, which have fewer seats and no business class cabin. Qantas's Melbourne to Bali flight will still be a 737, though. Meanwhile, Singapore Airlines will upgrade one of its daily Melbourne to Singapore flights to an Airbus A380 from next May. It will also upgrade a second daily Sydney to Singapore flight to an A380 from the same time. The increase in capacity to Australia has been made possible by Singapore Airlines taking an A380 off the Singapore to New York via Frankfurt route. More A380s into Australia also means more first-class seats, and as a result, Singapore Airlines has now started releasing for the first time this year, as far as I've seen, first-class saver award seats on selected flights between Melbourne and Singapore, which you can book using Singapore Airlines' Chris Flyer miles. And speaking of award availability, Air Mauritius now appears to have up to nine business class award seats available on some flights between Perth and Mauritius, particularly for dates outside of the school holidays. You can redeem Air Canada Aeroplan points, Emirates Skywards miles, or Flying Blue points to book a seat. Air Mauritius also offers onward connections from Mauritius to Johannesburg, Paris and London, making it a unique and potentially cost-effective way to get to South Africa or Europe from Perth. And even if you don't already have any aeroplane points, skywards, miles or flying blue points, you can buy aeroplane points from Air Canada and they're currently offering 105% bonus points um, if you buy over a certain amount. And that could be quite a cost-effective way to get to South Africa in business class. Uh, If you'd like more info on that, have a look at the AFF article called Fly to South Africa via Paradise for $3,545 return in business. Virgin Australia has added two Boeing 737-700 aircraft to its fleet, which do not have a business class cabin. Those planes previously flew for KLM. Unfortunately for Virgin passengers who'd booked business class, they're now popping up on a variety of different routes rather than just one or two. Over recent weeks, the first of the all-economy 737s has flown from Brisbane to Mackay, Hobart, Adelaide, Cairns, Proserpine and Hamilton Island, 
And the All Economy 737s are being scheduled to fly between Perth and Launceston and also some flights between Perth and Cairns over the upcoming summer period. For economy passengers, there wouldn't be too much difference in the experience other than that the new 737-700s don't have any in-flight entertainment or Wi-Fi. But the economy seats themselves would be the same, and there's even a few extra rows of Economy X, which has extra legroom. And on the flights where Virgin is already planning to operate these all-economy aircraft, business class is not being sold for new, for new ticket sales. However, the problem is that Virgin has been substituting these aircraft onto some flights that were previously sold as two-class services, meaning passengers who'd already booked business class tickets are now being either downgraded or switched to other flights. Qantas has finally opened its new Qantas Club Lounge at Rockhampton Airport. Located upstairs and offering tarmac views, the new Rockhampton Qantas Club has seating for up to 65 people, making it around double the size of the previous lounge in Rockhampton. And there's seating options including high tables designed for working and high-speed Wi-Fi available. Like at other Qantas regional lounges, snacks and drinks are available, and there's also Australian beer and wine served in the afternoon. The lounge is open one hour prior to each Qantas flight departure from Rockhampton Airport. Cathay Pacific has added an option to convert Cathay Asia miles into Marriott Bonvoy points, but with a 2 to 1 conversion rate, you probably shouldn't. There's a minimum conversion amount of 2,000 Asia miles per transaction, which are worth 1,000 Marriott Bonvoy points, and you can transfer in increments of 500 Asia miles, and there's a limit of converting 240,000 Asia miles a day. This new way to redeem Asia miles could be useful for some people, but unless you have an excess amount of Asia miles that you can't spend and a specific need for a small quantity of Marriott Bonvoy points, it's unlikely that this is going to work out to be great value. Qantas provided a market update this week announcing that it expects to make a larger profit than previously expected for the first half of this financial year on the back of high demand. In its announcement, Qantas mentioned that around 60% of the $2 billion in COVID-related travel credits that's held by the Qantas Group has now been redeemed, and it says that new initiatives will be announced shortly to encourage full use of remaining credits over the next year. Qantas also hinted in its announcement that more points planes are on the way. Malaysia Airlines will sadly end its service between Brisbane and Kuala Lumpur at the end of next March. It comes as AirAsia X looks at adding flights from the Gold Coast to Kuala Lumpur. And the One World Alliance is reportedly in talks with China Southern about the Guangzhou-based airline joining One World. There are currently two other airlines already preparing to join the One World Alliance, which are Oman Air and Rwanda Air. It would be good if One World would also start talks with an airline based in South America, given there's no member airline based there. That's what's making news on australianfrequentflyer.com.au this fortnight. You can stay up to date between podcasts by subscribing to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette to get the latest Frequent Flyer news straight to your inbox for free every Monday and Thursday morning. Well, if you've tried recently to redeem your Frequent Flyer points for... Uh, international flights, particularly if you want to redeem your points for a business class or first class award, you've probably noticed that award availability is quite limited at the moment, even more than it normally is, um, which is which has pretty much been the case for the past year or so as um, capacity has been slowly rebuilding after COVID. But if you do have Qantas points or Velocity points or, or another frequent flyer currency and you want to travel overseas, what are the options that are available to you at the moment? 
Joining me to discuss the situation with award availability is James Green from Award Flight Assist. Welcome back to AFF on Air, James. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. We both spend quite a lot of time looking for award flights. What's been your uh, take on the situation at the moment with award availability? Well, it's um, on some routes, it's uh, worse than it was last time we spoke. And on some routes, it's a little better. I think the last time we spoke, I said it was as bad as I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it's perhaps just a little bit better over the last couple of weeks, but still very, very difficult, especially in the northern summer. Mm, so the northern summer being like June, July, August 2023, when everyone wants to go to Europe over the European summer holidays, I guess. Is there, at the moment, if you've just got Qantas points, are there any options really to travel in business class to Europe next summer? Well, there's there's very few in that June, July, August period. On the shoulder seasons in you know, late April, May, and coming into October, November, then there are some seats around. There's a, a few here and there. Uh, but certainly nothing on a direct route. And, you know, you're looking at perhaps three or four flights and some poor connections to uh, to get there. But there are a few options if you if you do a lot of searching and uh, get lucky, I guess. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've found as well. There is very little availability and certainly nothing on direct flights. But there are a few options um, that I have seen recently. Uh, one of those is with, um, if you don't mind, and I know it's Jetstar, and I know it's not a real life flight business class, but if you don't mind flying Jetstar business class just on the leg out of Australia into Asia, um, particularly if you can get to somewhere like Bangkok, I have seen availability um, with Jetstar into Asia and then from Bangkok to Europe on Royal Jordanian. Yeah, that's correct, Matt. And in fact, um, there's even some seats on Jetstar in their business in July. Not many, but a few. You know, in the uh, shoulder periods, there's a bit more. In fact, I did even see a flight um, from Sydney to Bangkok on Qantas in May. That's the first time I've seen one of them in, well, actually, the second time I've seen one of them in about five years. Oh, so business class reward seat on QF23. Yes. Now, I believe you've flown Royal Jordanian. So for anyone who's not familiar, like there are One World Airlines, so you can use Qantas points to fly with them, and they do have a life flight business class. Um, how is Royal Jordanian? It's not bad, Matt. It's uh, certainly not in the same uh, league as Qatar or Singapore Airlines, but it's probably equivalent to Qantas. Again, a bit like Qantas, it can be hit and miss as to the, what the crew is like, but the ones I've flown with them on their longer haul is 787s, pretty reasonable layout. Uh, on some of the shorter haul flights, there's some old older flights, uh, older planes like um, some Embraers and and things like that, but um, overall, they're a you know a reasonable standard. What I, from what I've seen, like you can get about two business class seats from Bangkok to Amman, and then there's often about a, a three to five hour layover in Amman. But then you, from there, you can uh, travel onwards to Europe. And if you're flying over to London, there you can get the life flight bed on the seven eight seven the whole way. So it, it seems okay if if you're struggling to find anything. Now, James, if you just want, uh, search on the Qantas website for Melbourne to London, for example. Those Royal Jordanian flights um, out of Bangkok are not going to come up by default. How do you actually get them to show on the website? Well, like a lot of things, Matt, you go to the multi-city tool um, and put in your first flight from Melbourne or Sydney or wherever you are to Bangkok and then search for Bangkok to Amman 
and then Amman to whatever city in Europe that you're hoping to get to. So doing it that way, you usually uh, find that it'll come, if it's available, it'll come up. And uh, as you say, there's good availability, especially to Amman. And particularly in October, November, there's good availability in business. There's some seats in July and a few in March, that sort of thing. And then they, they do fly to quite a number of cities in uh, in Western Europe and, and Central Europe. Yeah, that's, that's a good one to look for. I mean, the, the problem for most people, though, is that leg out of Australia. Qatar Airways uh, is now a partner of both Qantas and Velocity, and they do have uh, quite a lot of flights out of Australia. Yeah, Qatar's been an interesting one um, because they're now only releasing seats to Qantas frequent flyers in economy to about 249 days out and business class 119 days out. And by that point, most of the seats are gone. If you have velocity points, you can book up to 330 days out. Uh, so that gives you a little bit more access to seats on, on Qatar. I was looking there today and I did see, uh, using the British Airways Executive Club website, I saw two business class seats on a particular day from Sydney to Doha. Those seats were also available on Velocity, but they were not available using Qantas points. Yeah, that sadly seems to be about what um, about the norm at the moment. If it's not within four months, Qantas frequent fly members can't access those seats, unfortunately. The uh, problem there is that both Qatar and probably Cathay Pacific were two of the main links between Australia and Europe for using Qantas points. Well, if Qatar are no longer available most of the time and Cathay Pacific is still, re- re- still rebuilding their schedule, then the availability is extremely tight. Emirates as well is another one that is a Qantas frequent flyer partner that uh, often used to have good availability out of Australia. But uh, what's going on at the moment with Emirates award availability in your, in, from what you found, James? Well, Emirates were releasing very, very little uh, up until a week or so ago. I just noticed in that in the last few days that they've released a few, I wouldn't say a lot of seats, but there's certainly a few seats being released, particularly out of uh, some of the Asian ports uh, through Dubai to various places. Unfortunately, they've put their taxes up a, a number of times over the last 12 months and uh, a very, very expensive way to fly out to most destinations. Yeah, I have seen just in the last week or so that Emirates has started to release a few more business and first class seats on their flights out of Australia um, for travel, you know, sort of in some of the shoulder seasons next year. Yeah, that's correct. Um, As I said, there's not a lot, but there are a few seats here and there. And unfortunately, they will be um, snapped up fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What about Qantas flights um, out of Australia? Has there been much availability in business or first class on those? Um, there's not very much with Qantas as usual. Um, one of the few routes that you will get reasonable availability is Sydney to Jakarta. Of course, then you've got to get from Jakarta to somewhere else like Bangkok or Kuala Lumpur or some, or even via Japan to try and pick up something through to Europe. But other than that particular flight, there's not a lot on Qantas. A few few seats being released on the Hong Kong route, but Quite a few of those have been snapped up already. Even if you can't find a ward availability, though, from Jakarta onwards to Europe, that could be a good trick to at least get business class to Europe and, and 
Even if you don't use points the whole way, you can still save quite a few thousand dollars by redeeming for a Qantas business class from Sydney to Jakarta and then just buying a ticket using cash on another airline from Jakarta all the way through to Europe. And you can do that for under $3,000 return in business class. So, for example, uh, I just had a look and Turkish Airlines has fares from Jakarta to Paris for around 2800 Australian dollars return. Um, you can also get Turkish Airlines business class from Jakarta to Frankfurt, just under 3000 Australian dollars. Amsterdam is also around $3,000 on Turkish Airlines. And you can get Jakarta to Istanbul on Etihad Airways for around 2900 Australian dollars. Um, even over to New York, you could get at the moment, there's a sale on, you could get Jakarta to New York via Tokyo, flying ANA and United for around 3800 Australian dollars return in business class. So um, you do need to factor in a little bit of time in Jakarta. I'd probably stop for at least one night, possibly two nights, um, just to make sure there's a, that in case there's a delay to one of your inbound flights, you will still be able to make the onward connection. Um, and so, but if you, if you don't mind stopping over in Jakarta, that works out quite okay. And um, yeah, you can get to business uh, to Europe in business class for um, a reasonable price using a mixture of corners points and money without necessarily having to find availability all the way through to Europe. And you'll also save some points, of course, for another trip down the track. The good news is that Cafe Pacific is now starting to rebuild their schedules and are releasing quite a few seats. Um, you know, every every sort of week or so, there's more and more Cathay Pacific flights coming online and there's some seats being released there. So that's perhaps a bit of a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, that's good. So there is availability then in business class to use um, Qantas points to fly Cathay over to Europe or North America? There is, There are a few. Um, there's quite a reasonable a bit of availability in um, premium economy. But they seem to be re- re- uh, releasing more and more. So I guess as their flights come back online, we'll see more and more seats being released, which is a good thing. I've also seen that Latam Airlines seems to have a bit of availability now in business class from Sydney and Auckland over to Santiago, and actually especially from Auckland to Santiago, uh, with onward connections to North America and Europe. So that could be one to look for if um, you want to get a little bit creative. Sydney to um, Santiago was probably one of the most difficult flights to get uh, prior to the pandemic. But surprisingly, there is quite a bit of availability on that flight with uh, LATAM and even occasionally uh, something with Qantas, um, but, but very little. Most of the availability is on LATAM. Yeah, that's right. I have seen, and actually one of the other benefits of LATAM is there's no carrier charges. So the taxes and and charges that you pay are quite low. But um, I have seen up to four business class seats, even in July, between Santiago and Auckland, for example. Uh, So there is a bit more availability now uh, to and from South America. And um, if you're you're wanting to travel to Europe, um, the connection time in Santiago for some of those connections is only a couple of hours. So it'd be a slightly longer trip than going via Asia or the Middle East. But not, not that much longer, and you can get a few more business class seats. So maybe something to look for. Um, it's, it is promising, though, to see more Cathay seats coming online. And uh, if this is what's, uh, if, if there is, you know, seats coming back now that Hong Kong is opening up a bit to tourism, um, 
just to mention what happens when China reopens after its COVID shutdown. Um, if if we start having China Eastern flights to Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane again, and and on you know other Chinese airlines adding capacity back into the market, that should really improve things. Uh, hopefully, when when that happens, um, hopefully sometime in the next little while. But I mean, I guess guess we we don't really know. One option that does have availability, uh, quite good availability, is from Mumbai in India through to London. British Airways run three flights a day and there is availability of business on most flights on pretty much most days. So if you can get yourself to Mumbai, then that's quite a reasonable um, connection. So it's not uh, going via India is not for everybody, of course, but if you can get from Sydney to, say, Hong Kong or Sydney to Kuala Lumpur and pick up a connection through to Bombay, that is one way there, there is quite a reasonable availability uh, so you know you would go to hong kong with either Qantas or cathay pacific and then across to mumbai with cathay again or via kuala lumpur with um, malaysia airlines yeah and i did see uh, availability recently with uh, actually quite reasonable connection times flying london to mumbai so in the other direction on british airways connecting through to cathay pacific to hong kong and then on to perth on cathay pacific in business class Oh, so that that is yeah, that's a good little tip there. With three three flights a day, then obviously not all the connections are going to be great. But if you are happy enough to have a stopover in Mumbai for a day or two, then that could work quite well. I just want to talk a little bit about velocity frequent flyer availability over to North America. Um, unfortunately, it seems like there's there's not a whole lot of availability except maybe on Singapore Airlines. I have seen, though, a few seats here and there on United Airlines. On They're now flying six routes across the Pacific between Australia and the US and also from Auckland to San Francisco and Papieti in Tahiti to San Francisco. Um, so but between those routes, you can sometimes find business class seats. There's some available at the moment. Uh, well, at the time of recording anyway, they might be gone by the time you listen to this, but there's some available um, at around Christmas time between Australia and the US in business class, which you can book on Velocity Points. And Hawaiian Airlines uh, has had very, very, very little availability into Australia and New Zealand the last few months. But I have started to see a few Hawaiian Airlines business seats popping up just very occasionally, like for travel uh, early next year. Um, usually, usually when I look, there might only be like two seats available in the whole month. But there is now some availability on Hawaiian, which you can book using Velocity Points, although you do have to call up for that. The other, I guess, major frequent flyer program that many Australians use is Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer. And Singapore Airlines availability does seem to be improving. That's correct, Matt. I, um, if you'd have asked me about a month ago, I would have said to you that just about everything is waitlisted. But looking there today and, and over the last week or so, a lot of that waitlisting has come off and there are even um, the saver seats available on quite a few routes. Uh, if you're looking to go to Europe, uh, obviously Sydney to London is always a, a very popular route. But if you look at going right, uh, to Frankfurt or Manchester, some of those secondary ports, even perhaps Amsterdam, you might you might find quite a bit better availability. Yeah, as we record this, I am actually in Singapore, and I, I flew up just uh, last week on Singapore Airlines, and the only seat that I could find was out of Darwin, of all places. So I took a Qantas flight up to Darwin from the East Coast and then uh, picked up my Singapore Airlines flight from Darwin, which I booked on points. Uh, that was the, literally the only award availability I could find. 
about having a look now, like particularly for travel next year outside of the peak summer period. Um, there does seem to be a few more seats available in business and even in a few in first class. There are now some first class saver awards out of Sydney and Melbourne that I've um, seen just, just this week. Um, and Singapore Airlines has also now just recently uh, started releasing award availability for travel beyond the end of October next year. So um, uh, up until recently, only seats up to the 28th of October next year were available to book, but there are now seats um those seats for travel beyond the 29th of October are now available um, to book using Chris Fly Miles. And just having a look at like the Singapore to Sydney route, for example, there's business saver availability on pretty much every flight. So um, there there are a few options there. Yeah, I agree with that, Matt. And in fact, I've, there are even some business class seats available uh, from Sydney to Europe in July. Uh, not many, wow. One or, you know, a couple here and there, but there there are some available. And getting into October, the route, the availability through to say Manchester is is quite good. Well, if you're uh, struggling to redeem points now, hopefully that's given you a few pointers of different routes and airlines to look for. But um, let's just like take a step back and have a think about um, what all of this means. If you're currently collecting points, you know, for example, you know, points from your credit cards or from your from your travels, which you want to redeem for travel two or three years down the track. Um, particularly if you're if you're looking to travel business class to Europe or to North America, um, as as you can, I guess from what you can gather from our discussion so far, like the availability changes all the time. Sometimes uh, Qantas frequent flyer has very little availability, and sometimes there are reasonably good options. And the same with Velocity and and with uh, with Chris Flyer and and, ver- and you know all the other different frequent flyer programs. I mean. What I've found, and I'll, I want to hear your thoughts on this, James, but what I've personally found is that Chris Flyer generally has pretty good availability, but ultimately the lesson here, I think, is that it's a really good idea to ha- to earn points with a flexible points currency, such as, um, you know, if you're earning points with a credit card through Amex membership rewards, or, you know, with ANZ rewards, NAV rewards, or, you know, the, the bank programs, where you have the option to transfer points out to multiple different airlines. And then when it comes time to actually redeem your points, you've spread the risk. So you have choices. You can transfer your points into different programs depending on what's available at the time you want to book. Because we don't really know, what, you know, what is, what the availability is going to be like, or yeah, if you know different programs are going to devalue in the next two to three years. What's your take on that, James? Yeah, I agree. In in general, Matt, um, having points with American Express is is a good strategy because there are eight or nine airlines that you can transfer to, of which there's only three or four that are really. Um, good for us in Australia. One thing about American Express, though, is unless you have the asset premium uh, points, you can't transfer them to Qantas. That's probably not such a big deal because availability on Qantas is usually uh, quite poor, but that is one thing to keep in mind. So the Ascent premium card uh, points, that's what you get with the uh, Amex Platinum or the Amex Centurion card. Correct, with the Amex Platinum charge card rather than a credit card. So that's one thing to keep in mind, but certainly uh, you would be better off having the American Express points and having the ability to transfer them to uh, Velocity or Singapore Airlines, Emirates, or a couple of other options like that. The um, the other thing you mentioned with some of the, the bank ones, I would just say that you need to check what the uh, transfer rates are on those credit cards because if you have some of them like NAB points, when you go to transfer them to the airline, you're only getting, you know, one 
airline point for three bank points. So, you know, you lose quite a bit of value there. So the American Express ones are better, in my opinion. And the one that I've just applied for is a St. George Amplifier Signature Card, which can transfer to Singapore Airlines. And that's um, got a quite a good overall earn rate. And I think the Amplify points you can also transfer out to uh, Velocity as well. So James, when a client puts in a quote request with Award Flight Assist and you know they, they've got points and they want, they want help with redeeming those points to travel to Europe or North America, what kind of points, if you're looking at the request and thinking, you know, how, how are we going to help this person, what kind of points do you want to see that the client has? What makes it easiest to actually find availability? Well, if they have American Express points or Singapore Airlines points, that's what brings a smile to my face. If they've got Qantas points and Qantas points only, I think, uh, no, this is going to be difficult. That pretty much sums it up, I think. <laughs> James Green, thank you so much for joining me again on the AFF On Air podcast. It's my pleasure, Matt. Well, I certainly hope you found that interview useful. I just wanted to add that after we recorded that interview, Qantas did this week actually release a bunch of business class award seats on various international routes, including, uh, much to my surprise, uh, travel to London uh, for travel dates around um, the start of 2023. So it's not impossible to find award availability on Qantas, although it does seem to be more random than something that's consistent that you can rely on. I have noticed over the past few months that Qantas has been releasing seats sort of at random intervals for tr- in batches, sort of for travel dates up to the end of next June. Um, and so suddenly you'll, you'll find sometimes when you're on the Qantas website that there's all these seats available that didn't used to exist. But they do seem to get um, sold out pretty quickly. Usually they're gone within a few days. And if you try and book something around 353 days in advance, which is traditionally when the seats are normally released... Um, there are unfortunately not that many options in international business and first class. Uh, for domestic flights, there's usually options in an economy and potentially even premium economy. You can sometimes get options when booking up to a year out, but it's not quite what it used to be. Uh, I have seen reasonable premium economy available though on Qantas on the Auckland to New York route, which is starting next June. Qantas has also been running a few points planes promotions where every seat on a particular flight or a series of flights are made available to book using points. And if you can make one of those work, that is another way that you could secure Qantas award availability. Um, But for anything in long haul business class, you pretty much need to book as soon as the points plane is released because those seats sell out very quickly, like within a couple of hours usually. And you'll often need to be willing to travel on a specific date, uh, which generally isn't during the school holidays. But do keep an eye out for those points planes promotions. And if you see one come up that works for you, then make make sure you jump on it. Well, this is the final AFF On Air podcast for 2022. We'll be taking a bit of a break over the Christmas and New Year holiday period, but don't worry, we will be back in your podcast feed next year. Thanks to all our listeners for your support this year. I know it's perhaps a bit too early to say this now. I know it's still uh, late November and it annoys me just as much as anyone else when the supermarkets put up the Christmas decorations in October or start selling hot cross buns on Boxing Day. But since I won't get another chance, I hope you have a great Christmas and a happy new year. And if you're traveling over the summer holidays, it looks like the flights are going to be very, very full. So I hope you don't experience too many disruptions and I hope you have a great trip. Well, that's all for this episode of AFF On Air. Thanks again to my guest, James Green. And thank you for listening, not only today, but throughout the last four years that we've been on air. 
For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, as always, you can have a look at the episode notes. And if you've been enjoying this podcast, please do take a couple of moments to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to AFF On Air. I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next year with more news, tips, and tricks for Australian travellers. And until then, safe travels.